And we are recording. Uh, welcome everyone to a new episode of Unscripted, Uncut, Unprepared. Today we have we are three veterans of podcasting because today with us is also Federico, my old friend with whom I did the dart. Welcome, Federico. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm, I'm actually waiting for the dart too, Federico. So can you give us some um, timelines on that? I think it's in the pipeline, but I'm not totally sure about it matt i <laughs> that's that's a good point so fun fun fact boom you're waiting federico you think there is a pipeline i have some friends of mine who are still asking me what, what are you doing season two guys it has been one year or whatnot when are you doing season two yeah and... you know i had a newsletter and i i'm living the same kind of situation which well i i wrote in the in the last one that uh i wanted to, <clears throat> sorry, I wanted to have a less tight schedule, so not anymore a weekly newsletter. And I say, well, I will, uh, I will send a random newsletter, and I probably send three, and then no, no other newsletter. So that's probably the same kind of stuff. Okay, but it's coming, right? likely this year. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, a different topic. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Looking forward to okay. the newsletter. Were you talking yeah, about yeah. the newsletter or the podcast? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Because, oh, I mean, take, talking about. fun fact, I mean, I also have, eventually I recorded one episode of season two, just in, in, it never went on air. Why? Yeah. Because uh, uh, it's always nice to have a pipeline of episodes, right? To avoid having yeah. gaps. And, That's a good uh, way to make me feel guilty, actually. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, uh, it wasn't supposed to be a way of making you feel guilty. I like but, it. I mean, here we are, uh, chatting very informally, mm-hmm. not having guests over and um, and not editing because also editing was a major pain in the butt when uh, after recording the podcast, obviously you want to make it nice, remove all the uh, mm, and, you know, crop stuff, make it more uh, pleasant to hear, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a bunch of topics as usual. I guess that um, one of those things I should have cut. Uh, uh, so we already talked about it a couple of episodes ago about the whole Web3, non-Web3 feud in yeah. Silicon Valley and on Twitter mostly. And we kind of went already on here on what we think about it, what we didn't think about it. But in the meantime, I spoke with Federico, who has a very peculiar uh, take. I mean, not peculiar, but like a, a different take on it with respect to the one that yeah. Fung and I had. So I think we're going to bring it up again. And, uh, <laughs> and the question no is... No pressure, Federico. It's two many. against one here. No, <laughs> it's, not, it's not two against one. I think it's a big team against a big team. I'm, a, I'm not against Bitcoin or crypto. Mm. or I'm against these kind of narratives that you have to build every time. Mm. And the same people always build this kind of narrative. So we have now we have Web3, which means nothing to me. And maybe there's a meaning behind it. I just don't get it. I, I see what's the situation with uh, the crypto world right now. I don't see any point of building this new narrative of Web3. Uh, I think there's a lot to do to make it even, I won't say... Uh, feasible because that's another kind of story. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a web developer working on the feasibility of the of, of, of that stuff. I mean, useful mm-hmm. uh, to to any extent. And I think that the dimension of it 
being useful now, of course, um, doesn't imply building a, such a huge narrative. Uh, and well, the people who actually built this narrative are quite experts in doing this kind of job of building mm. narratives and are my colleagues in the other side of the ocean, the famous ones, the rich ones, the successful ones, actually. Mm. Um, but I simply don't like it. Uh, it's a, it's an attitude, perhaps, and I think it's something we shouldn't get used to. And, well, I am in good company with Jack mm. Dorsey, Elon Musk. I mean, I'm not mm. alone in this journey and... <laughs> But can can you like go a little bit like deeper into like your thoughts? You know, I just want to understand, right? Because uh, when we have guests, we have guests who's like into Web three and like yeah, Web three is amazing. It's a new world, blah blah blah. But you are the one. I mean, uh, I, I put the topic in, and then you say like I'm waiting for a proper time to short with Bitcoin. That's what. Ah, uh, yeah, that's another right? story. So, I'm, I'm not sure about it, but yeah. well. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I've never shorted anything. It's not in my philosophy and it's maybe a bit provocative, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm thinking about it. It's not the proper time at the moment, of course. As you so you think it might go up a bit? And yeah, well, um, now it's pure speculation when something goes mm -hmm. up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no reason to short. The uh -huh. time frame between the up and down is too short that you just mm -hmm. just cannot do anything. No, you, you, of course you can, but it's it's not wise investing, of course. Mm. Uh, at least for for me, I have no money to to spend in uh, unwise investing. So. Yeah, and um, just just to give context, when uh, Fung was saying that we had guests before and they were all in in Web three, we had a friend over Chino who was actually uh, leading a project uh, like a, uh, how to define it, uh, Misa AI. Yeah, Mizar AI, it's a robot trading platform. It's a mixture between uh, robot trading and uh, eToro. Uh, Chino, if you're listening, uh, please just apologize if I, I've defined it wrongly. But it's basically <laughs> focused entirely on uh, trading of uh, cryptocurrencies, tokens and, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I, I understand what you say regarding when it comes to building a narrative and uh, creating hype around it. I think it, there is a lot of enthusiasm. And the whole the whole point of Web three or um, the whole narrative is in a way very similar to what they were discussing about what 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 it was how it was approached in 2010 as like before with the advent of smartphone and like a mobile type of mm -hmm. products and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, back then there was the idea of having of being always connected and having access to services that are heavily relying on GPS and so on. And now the idea is to basically find not financy, but like making everything somehow connected to a tiny economy of some sort and every action, every service extremely tied to some kind of uh, financial benefit or financial rules, let's say. Yeah, I just don't get the, the wording. I mean, again, you agreed on that and I'm, I'm happy you did. Uh, because that's the main point. I mean, I'm, I'm not criticizing the crypto world, as I, as I said before. Well, I may criticize some aspects of it. So, uh, of course, when I see that something like 70% <laughs> maybe of Bitcoin is owned by uh, such a, a small minority, well, of course, these are problems that should be solved in some way in the future if we want this kind of technology to be useful, but especially to fulfill one of the expectations, which is, which is to, uh, you know, be this kind of democratic thing decentralizing well <laughs> i mean at least in the wealth 
aspect of it, it's it's not actually. Uh, but it will probably be, and and I'm very uh, well. I'm not bullish, but I mean, I would be happy if this kind of stuff succeeds. But um, at the moment, what I see is that I see the same kind of narratives that were developed with Web two, actually, as maybe Tim O'Reilly said in an article. So I'm I'm not <laughs> again. I'm not alone in identifying this kind of of uh, pattern repeating itself again and again. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is more technical, maybe, uh, which is related to the kind of internet we are building. But I'm not—I mean, I'm, I'm not technical background here, so I may be mm-hmm. uh, in the wrong place. And again, uh, I would be very happy to get negative feedback on that. It seems to me that it, that is quite narrow in terms of the variety of things you can do. I mean, there's always a, there's always a transaction behind what you do in Web3, isn't it? Very much tied to that, I would say. Well, uh, yeah. which is very cool for certain applications. And uh, it's very cool, for instance, in some areas. I was reading a, 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 an episode uh, by, Nat Bo- by Nat Ballard, who is the chief content uh, at Bloomberg Neff. Uh, and he writes a lot of very good stuff about energy and energy markets. Um, and in one of those newsletters, uh, he wrote that uh, actually NFTs were very useful in some applications in energy uh, and smart grid and smart grid applications. I believe that. Uh, I don't totally get it technically. Uh, I would like to see a lot these kind of applications. I just don't think it now it deserves this kind of great label like Web3 mm-hmm. or, or something like that. I mean, let's start humble. Otherwise, I do believe to other people like... Uh, Matt Levine, again on Bloomberg, uh, who wrote that this is just another kind of Ponzi scheme, just like uh, it happened with the Web2 or digital stuff to raise money. Uh, And it's not a surprise that VCs are backing this kind of stuff. That's their job. That's their mentality. So again, results, then labels, maybe. I would follow this path. Mm Yeah, I mean, you had you had good arguments, right? I mean, I I would like, I I always want to compare it to the early days of internet. Uh, if you, yeah. I don't know how old are you, but uh, back in the day when the internet just arrived, people also said like, yeah, it's it's very slow. What can you do? You can yeah. just send email, you know. Sure. And the the thing is, when you look back, you realize that how unimaginative we were, right? Like we, we couldn't imagine that one day we can watch a movie through the internet. One day we can have a video call across across the yeah. world, right? And people I didn't think, imagine about payments, for instance. Exactly. They were, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I think it's in early days. I mean, of course, it's been what ten years since we have first cryptocurrency. Um, but I, I already see in, in the past five years there's some new things popping up. Like NFT is like one example, right? The DAO is also one example. I yeah. used to be crypto bear. Uh, to be honest, hmm. um, yeah, I I used to be crypto bear when when Bitcoin was fifty bucks, when it's hundred <laughs> bucks, when it's when it's two hundred, when it's like one thousand, when it's eight thousand, when it's three thirty five thousand, and I become bullish when it's six thousand and it went down. No, um, yeah, it, it, that that was the case. So I, I get more into it, um, spe- especially Ethereum, because when when you talk about Web three, they usually refer to Ethereum because. Um, it's the it's the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Matsua. It's the um, it's the token where you can you know build a platform on top of it. 
So Bitcoin is just Bitcoin. There's, it's yeah. constant. There's no, there's not much change. Sure. You can program it. It's basically just exchange Bitcoin uh, between wallets. Um, but once you have it uh, with, with Ethereum, uh, suddenly you can program trust on the internet, right? Before yeah, that, you cannot program trust on the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not only the currency, it's also the machine and the whole yeah. setup for creating new businesses and providing new services. Yeah, yeah and I didn't mention one additional uh, feature that makes it a little bit, you know, at least prone to being improved, which is the, the energy consumption. Well, uh, that's a major point yeah. to be covered. Yeah. If you believe what Vitalik said, um, this year the merge will happen and it should, um, uh, from proof of work, change from proof of work to proof of stake, and that should reduce the energy consumption dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. They say it, it will come two years ago, but it's still not coming out. So I think yeah. that, I mean, besides the energy, energy consumption, I think one thing that we should uh, acknowledge with respect to Web2 is that, uh, I mean, from the consumer perspective, Web2, Web2 was, and it is still easy to use. While uh, yeah. kind of having even access to the basic functionalities of Web3, which are anyway uh, trading related, shorting stuff or uh, staking your your coins for making more money, you need to you, yeah. you need to watch a lot of Google to, uh, YouTube tutorials or I mean, and, yeah, read stuff. And that raises another concern, which is related to uh, the issue of the fake decentralization, because then you have this kind of very centralized platforms managing the world stuff and our hardware in which we actually do operate because you know mm. there's a there's a problem yeah it may be decentralized in the middle but your phone your computer is i mean it's the usual hardware you're not using anything different from that and the platforms in which you uh, operate are very centralized so again uh, there are four maybe five huge platforms again i'm not very informed i don't, don't want mm-hmm. to be you know mm-hmm. the professor in the room i'm totally not the professor in the room here i just explaining doubts and again i would be very mm-hmm. happy to to hear positive news about that but yeah, yeah. at the moment yeah. we should maybe be very humble i work with uh, researchers mm-hmm. scientists they have maybe the totally different attitude of you know working hard in their labs and then coming up with a technology they they may think it's Excellent. Technically speaking, they may even not see the huge market potential sometimes. So they may have gold in their hands and they are very humble when they when they do all of that. So, I mean, I would like to see the same attitude even in Web3 or whatever mm, yeah. in, in the crypto world. Yeah. Okay, Matthew, now it's time for predictions. Predictions on what? <laughs> Web3 on, uh, I thought on... Uh, ETH2 being Smash live in 2022. Pass. Smash or pass. Um, I think that one year from now, we'll be talking about a completely different trend. One year? In one year from now, yeah. No, I don't think it'll be that fast. Me too. I, I, I mean, we started talking about Web3 in summer, right before Web3 was 10 minutes deliveries. Yeah. yeah. Before that was Spark. Yeah. yeah. So guys, yeah, topics true. are changing quite fast. Yeah. Mm. True, but I mean, in in a way, like right now, there's so much money get into this, right? Like so yeah, much. Exactly. I don't know, and it's it's almost like 
uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, like they, it, it will work because they want it to work. Yeah. Not only, not because of it's, it's good or bad or whatever. I mean, agreeably good or bad, that's another topic, right? But now it's like, yeah, we put billions of billions of dollars in, into it. It's got to work. I mean, something has to come, come out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. And again, maybe it will find a narrow application, but you, big enough to reward those who invested because those who invested want to be rewarded, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah. their business model doesn't work otherwise. So uh, yeah. uh, maybe they will find a very small application with respect to what is now the perception of Web3. Maybe yeah. it won't be Web3. It will be an island in traditional web, <laughs> totally separated and operating in a different way in yeah. which this kind of, you know, 100% uh, transaction will be accepted. But yeah. I agree with you, Pong, it will be. Yeah. And yeah. I think in order to, you know, to make it successful, like I think they need really need to push it mainstream, if you know what I mean. Like, again, I go back to the example of early internet. If you remember, it's just a few people, right? Like maybe businessmen or like a technology nerds, right? Like you, like normal people on the street, they don't even know what it is. Yeah. Few people and very patient people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened is uh, computer getting cheaper and cheaper, right? Uh, and faster. And the internet also getting cheaper, right? And it suddenly become commodity. And it's suddenly people, you know, have this exposure where they can, oh, maybe I should try some internet, right? Yeah. And then the application follow through, follow through, right? You, and of course, is it a bubble? I think there's no question. It, it is a bubble. Sure. Yeah. Right? Uh, but the thing is, it was also the bubble back then, dot-com bubble, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody remember uh, pets.com, you know? Um, and the thing, the thing is, the survivor become stronger like the survivor for example amazon.com survive and they become strong right there will be a lot of company that goes bust with this bubble um, yeah. yeah you know uh i am a big fan of financial bubble i, I mean i i like studying yeah. financial bubbles not that i like financial bubbles by yeah. themselves and i agree with you that they always well not always but in tech they oftentimes uh, provide very good results in terms of technology uh, and, well, I don't know what to expect this time. Uh, many people will be very rich. I don't know if many people will be very poor, as in other mm -hmm. situations. Um, but that's another point I would like to, to cover, which is um, being consistent when you want to be a revolutionary. So if you want to, revolu to be the one that totally transforms the world of money and transaction, mm -hmm. you need to get them. I mean, you need to study hard and understand what's the economic implication of money, social, social mm -hmm. implication of money. Um, what I see in the international debate about that, especially when I read about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, stable coins, um, is a lack of knowledge about, all, about how all of that stuff works in reality. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that you that you should get an economics PhD in monetary economics or that yeah. you should be a sociologist of money to <laughs> to do crypto, but if you want to be the revolutionary you have to get all of that yeah. stuff. You have to understand yeah. very well the implications. Yeah, I mean um, one yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean 
like you, you're right in a way, right? But again, if we use internet as an example, if I ask my mom what is internet, can you explain how it works? I don't think she will be able to explain anything at all, right? But she uses it every day. So yeah. I, I think that's 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 when it comes to the point of like mass adoption, right? People just use it and not necessarily know how it actually works uh, behind the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, speaking of bubble, uh, I remember one, do you know the, um, the the theory of like the bubble will happen when the another tallest building has been built? Uh, have you heard of this theory? No, sorry. I... Yeah, so, ba- so basically they say like whenever there's like a tallest building in the world that has been built, the yeah. financial crisis uh, follows suit. Okay, well, no, yeah. that's, it's, they, uh, it's a good way it's, of... It's, yeah. it's because, like, there's so much capital around the world and they don't know where to put these monies. And, like, they say, okay, fuck it, let's build uh, a tall skyscraper and then the financial uh, drop after. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's nice and, well, for sure it's uh, way nice. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Matt. So no, the no, last no. financial crisis, the last financial crisis... Uh, Happen after the um, Burj Khalifa, yeah, Burj Khalifa, yeah, 2008 <laughs> has been built, <laughs> and that combabo is was when the Taipei building uh, was built, and that was the tallest building back then. Interesting. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like fun fact. I don't think it's like 100 percent related. No, that's I, why I'm writing it. <laughs> Yeah, so wait for another tallest building in the world, guys. Apparently, the upcoming tallest building is the Jeddah Tower in Jeddah. And when will we finish? Uh, in Saudi Arabia, with a second. It's going to be the world's first one-kilometer-high building. One-kilometer-high, fantastic. Kilometer. Wow. Yeah, uh, wait a sec. Supposedly being finished in... They don't say... Please not now. I I don't know. They are still far away, but it's 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 going forward. Let's say. <laughs> I, I see a picture from uh, from this January. Oh, they say you finish in January. No, no. But it's interesting topic. Um, oh, is it is it yeah. the, the the building with like um like a, a bit like geometric? Uh, I mean, everything is geometric. Sorry, but like mm. I think I saw it, like a mock up or something. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But yeah. Anyway, uh, we will see. We will see. By by the yeah. time this Jeddah Tower will be completed, Pung, uh, we will get. Back I sell and, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sell everything. yeah. You should do it before. Slightly before. <laughs> Yeah, you but know, yeah. usually the the boring ingredient you, you need as well is a cheap money. Yeah. At the moment, I don't know if we will have cheap money by the time the new building will be finished. So let's see mm. how the inflation stuff evolves. Yeah. Yeah, but we are kind of in the longest bull market ever, right? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's scary. Yeah. Um, it's all right. I think. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's say that I would say that the three of us, the, the three of us, are relatively lucky and not in that fraction of population who would be the most affected by a, a possible recession. I will affect a lot. I mean, ninety percent, ninety percent stock, man. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very exposed. 
Uh, okay. I have the same kind of situation actually. So, <laughs> but I don't know if you would have any kind of benefit with bonds right now. Yeah, no. So. I, I mean, if if crisis happen, what's the best cash? Even cash is. Uh, well, an uncorrelated stuff, maybe Bitcoin. We don't know. We have to check. <laughs> yeah, because it's capped at twenty-one million, man. Of course. They said gold, but it seems it's not anymore the. Yeah. Yeah, you know the best so we have crypto now i think i will put everything in nft yeah <laughs> that's the way to go Pong. buy yourself yeah, a bunch of forever artists forever yeah man. buy Money yourself a bunch of bored apes and uh, <laughs> to the moon and then sleep in a, in a homeless shelter yeah okay but we talked long enough about web3 without even touching okay. the Bitfinex hack retrieve all of the money, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I think we can. Okay, we want to talk about that. That uh, the the you're talking about the couple that. Uh, I, I'm talking about the, the couple the who were uh, laundering the bitcoins that they yeah. they got it's so six years it's ago. So funny, and then yeah. she and then she was like uh, um, the crocodile of Wall Street. No. No, but she's she's like a, a writer, a columnist at Bloomberg. No, was it Bloomberg? Forbes, Financial Forbes, Times. Forbes. Forbes. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's sort of like a rapper. And supposedly and like, it was, uh, or he is, uh, he participated to a, uh, some sort of YC batch in the past, and it was an angel investor in Silicon Valley. So like, p- pretty interesting. Also pretty interesting the fact that they couldn't really use much of the much of the amount because. Um, Because apparently it's hard to get rid of a billion in bitcoins. No, I mean, one thing I don't understand: when you have billions in bitcoin, why are you staying in US? I would, I would fly to, I don't know, <laughs> Panama, like, like, like which country that they don't have like a extradited thing, you know, um, whatever. Fair like, point. That would be a wise thing to do, right? Like, I mean, I don't know why they're still staying in New York. Because probably they, I guess, I mean, the whole point of of having a wallet, right? I mean, the wallet is privacy, and probably the whole idea was that they didn't expect they expected to have to. I think that their hope was that they did such a good job in laundering the money, moving it from one uh, wallet to the other one, that FBI and investigators lost track of it, which wasn't the case. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing, everything is public. They can track it. Exactly. Yeah, I would just then... move to somewhere else. Yeah, yes, yeah sorry. You want to say something? No, uh, we should not underestimate the value of, you know, having uh, the same life has always been at the center of everything. Yeah. yeah uh, but I like... think that for those who love this kind of stuff makes real sense. Yeah, but where's the scale time? It's, I don't, I'm not sure it's worth uh, it. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I'm not totally sure about it. If I have it, I would just fly to like where, where is it again? Cyprus, you said, Matteo? Yeah, say Cyprus. Oh, you said you said uh, Panama. You were dropping <laughs> I names. Know. I don't know why Panama. I have Panama Papers. Thing. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's related. Yeah, I would go there and pay everyone and then build a villa. I don't know, whatever. I, mean, uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm, yeah, yeah, possible. Yeah, and. No friends, they, no problem. Fly them yeah, all. Exactly, no friends. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that. No, I would just fly them all. Like, uh, you, yeah, billionaires. Yeah, so, so easy, so easy. <laughs> you would have smart friends, billionaires as you. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it's so funny with with her um, rapper thing career. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I can talk all day. Yeah, um, but by the way, did you watch the um, the um, advertisement uh, Super Bowl? Some of them. The yeah. Coinbase one. Coinbase. Yeah, you watch Coinbase, but which one do you like the most? I only saw one. I, I only, only saw, saw the coin but, coin, but I mean, I saw the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't really in my court. And then I watched Coinbase, then the one uh, Team Earth. Yeah, which one do you like the most? I mean, from I the genius QR code. Uh, the genius perspective is the QR code. Uh, yeah. Imitating okay. the DVD thingy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Ap- apart from that, like. I don't remember anything else. Uh, okay. What, uh, you just watch the Coinbase thing, right? Uh, yeah, but not during the Super Bowl. I, I yeah. read something about that on the web. It yeah. works. Huh? It reached to you. And yeah. Imagine you are like an advertising agency and then you go there. Okay, we are going to spend 15 million on these ads. You know? <laughs> no, but I mean, that was, that was anyway the cheapest ad that they put out of all the ads that they decided to shoot yeah. for the Super Bowl. Really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean literally a qr code bouncing on the black screen that's that's genius actually yeah yeah and out of all the ads was also was the only one that you whose performance you could really track i was listening uh i was listening a podcast covering this topic and apparently Mm. i I, based on what they what they shared the coinbase i mean 20 Mm -hmm. 20 million people scanned the qr code and went to their website and they yeah. had like immediate feedback of it. The website also crashed because they didn't expect yeah. so many people to yeah. reach the website. While uh, having Schwarzenegger on the BMW, you, it's kind of hard for BMW to assess how many people are yeah, going to a that, showroom that the day was, after. Yeah, that was horrible. The Schwarzenegger ad. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the uh, FTX the most. Did you watch the FTX? No. What did they do? No. Uh, it's the it's the Seinfeld guy. I don't remember his name. Larry something. Okay. Uh, Larry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's basically like play a role uh, of like a people in the past. You know, like like uh, in the Stone Age. And there's a guy with the with the wheel. He made a wheel. And he's like, "What is this? Like the wheel? Like it doesn't? It's not going to work. Why do you need it? You just walk and use horse. You know. Uh, and then and then uh, and then like change the era and like oh. Uh, this this Walkman thing. Why would you use it? You know, it's like you know, like you need a battery and blah blah. Just you know, just go to a concert. You know, you don't need a Walkman thing. You know, and then there's like I don't remember like oh internet. Like who would use internet? It's not going to work. And then the last one is like the guy like yeah. Have you heard of this like a uh, like a crypto thing? And then he's like eh, no, I don't think it's going to work. And then it's like don't be like Larry. Yeah, got it. So yeah, it's it's I'm quite Larry. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, sorry, just, I don't want to change the topic, but I want to know your opinion about that. I'm reading a book by Mark mm-hmm. O'Connell, it was called To Be a Machine. To Build a Machine. To, to Be, be a Machine. Be. To Be a and, Machine. Yeah, I'm reading the Italian version, actually, because it was published by Adelphi, which is a famous Italian mm. publisher. And, you know, if you like that publisher, you tend to buy the Italian version just because of mm. it. Um... It's stupid, maybe, yeah, but it happens. There's a kind of, you know, of group of people hoarding mm. everything that publishing company uh, publishes. So, well, um, the book is about transhumanism. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, a bionic uh, future and mm. uh, living after death into uh, bionic bodies. And I didn't know Cyber, that. Cyberpunk. Yeah, 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 exactly. Cyberpunk well, type of plot. Maybe without punk, uh, just cyber. <laughs> just cyber. Uh, and I didn't know it was such a big stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people into it. There's mm. uh, a lot of people in organizations, uh, donors, uh, venture capital funds, public, well, more or less publicly um, uh, funding these kind of ventures. And uh, yeah, actually you can uh, pay, I think, something like uh, 200K um, to be frozen. Uh, so that you can, well, let's say, your dead body can wait for proper technology to make you alive again, or 80k if you only um, give them your head after death, uh, so that they can, so that they can put uh, your head into uh, sort of uh, mechanical stuff, and you can live your second life as a machine in the future. Um, is it like real? Like, is it like a thing? Yeah, but again, well, that's that's my reaction. I said, well, that's okay. not possible. I mean, uh, it's a bunch of stupid people. No, there's philosophers and uh, even, well, quite famous people like, well, of course, Peter Thiel. Uh, <laughs> of course, involved, Peter Thiel. Of course, <laughs> yeah, is involved in some ways. I, I haven't yeah. finished the book yet, so yeah. I, I you want, cannot you want, tell you. You want to live forever, man. Yeah. So that well, you can support Trump. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if if Trump pays the two hundred thousand uh, uh, fee for living forever, yeah. Wait, two hundred thousand like one time or like I think you have like a recurring thing that you have to pay. Okay. Um, probably. I think it's one time, but I'm not sure about one it. One time, really? It's but it's not. Would, it's would, yeah. But the, the thing is, is the program which is starting right now, or are there already people frozen? Yeah, I think something like 200, but the number is not updated because the book was published five years ago. So mm. it may be a lot more or zero, know, <clears> depending <throat> on the trend. Mm. Um, yeah, but, but it's yeah, quite I read, interesting. I yeah, guess. I read something similar, but I don't remember the book. How the book called? It's it's from like an AI guy from MIT or something, and he also like talk about this like like this kind of thing and his proposal it's more like you should like instead of like frozen your body in the yeah. end it's not about your body in, in the end it's about your mind you know so, like because your body can yeah, change sure. like in the future so it's more about like you don't care about can, your belly yeah and... so, so it's more about like preserving your brain yeah or 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 scan it you know like if you can map like atom at atomic level of your brain it means that all your memory is also there yeah, you know. that's the next level. That's that's yeah. what they're trying to do right now. And... Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, like imagine like if people you love passed away, and if you can, can copy, make have a copy of them, and then you can maybe talk to them in in the machine. You know, that yeah. sounds like super sci-fi. Uh, but... but there's a problem with that, uh, yes. which is mentioned in the, in the, in the book, which is GDPR. That... No, you can pay your. <laughs> Ah, that so was German, cool. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't realize at the moment I was very concentrated. So, um, well, um, you can pay your 200k fee and yeah. you may die in a, I don't know, in a flight accident. So your body cannot be recovered. So, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. uh, still, we, we just cannot prevent this kind of tricky problem of your body 
just being a recoverable. Mm. Would you, let's say, if you have two hundred k and like you die tomorrow, would you do it? Well, I'm not interested in this kind of you know living forever <laughs> stuff. I just don't care. I don't know if it's just because I'm young, but I think I wouldn't care even at eighty or hundred years old. Um, but if you yeah. tell me that, yeah, I mean, uh, they, um, they're not stupid people. I mean, they know that it's quite futuristic and uh, not very, uh, well, it's possible maybe, but it's not, uh, something that you can take for granted. Um, so they say, well, yeah. why not? Yeah. That's the attitude. So I may yeah. share the attitude. Uh, yeah. I just wouldn't think about it. Perhaps it's so far <laughs> from my... Yeah, I mean, I suppose suppose if you're like 80s and you have kids, you might like want to have like a small hope that at some point you might be able to see them again Uh, when they grow up that that I could see, you know, or like grandkids. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting it's getting dark right away. Um, But you know what? If all the VC money goes into this instead of fucking NFT and crypto, it would have worked already. That's totally true. I would like to see that working instead of of transaction hell. Owning and... owning an apes uh, JPEG. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was actually aware of uh, all the, all that research carried out in order to extend the life and treat death like a disease. So, kind of uh, cells regenerations and the like, but not. I mean. Not to that extent. I wasn't aware yeah. as much of these programs for freezing people yeah. right before they die or after they die to preserve uh, body, mind, and everything yeah. related to that. Yeah. yeah, but I think average human lifespan is growing every year. No, if I would have guessed, I just checked. What yeah, maybe the curve is flattening because we had a real improvement in the last decade. Well, yeah. maybe even not in the last decade, maybe in the last couple of decades. So maybe the progress is not so huge anymore. But yeah, we are improving again. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I wouldn't mind living forever, but hmm. it's hard. I, I, I mean, frankly, yeah, there is. There needs to be a great incentive in living forever. I mean, yeah. life is not always fun, I guess. So if you if you can make life fun and al- always with the thrill of something new, then living forever would be fun. Would be nice, I, I think. A nice. Ah, you mean like if you are so if you are so old but can barely walk, can barely talk. No, but the point. Le, le, no, let's imagine that that's okay. not the case. That you you can keep yourself young, energetic, and so on. But okay, first, if you are young, energetic, and so on, but you need to work and uh, do a very a tiring job because you need to survive whatever that was the point of it i think mm. you need you need to have the means for benefiting of your energetic and young status and similarly mm. if you have the means and you're energetic and young and mm. you do everything i mean all the activities you wish to do you do and you do mm. them for decades at some point those activities will stop giving you the thrill mm. like you will it's kind of I don't know. You, you 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 develop immunity to excitement, and then and then life is just boring. But isn't there going to be like new stuff 
all the time like i don't know like like stupid uh, example like new movies new games you know yeah, but uh, cyberpunk uh 20 uh, whatever yeah i got it got it yeah. <laughs> um possibly yeah but again yeah. you i guess that the feeling of excitement and now i'm making a stupid comparison but like like Christmas is always different, right? But you're not as excited to about Christmas as you were when you were a kid. Oof, it's a bad reference because we don't celebrate Christmas. That's yeah, I realized uh, when, when I was saying that. But okay, okay but I know is, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, would, be interesting, it, but... would be interesting to like get the not get the list, but. Uh, see these things developing further and having people, more people kind of subscribing to it. And yeah, also like all the research and studies that are effect, effectively. Okay. Uh, yeah, Federico, you want to enabling. say something? Yep. Yeah, they're a bit, you know, post-human. I mean, they don't care about your example about Christmas. They, they don't care about this stupid human stuff, they would say, perhaps. They, they, <laughs> they want to be free from this kind of uh, human limitations, even in terms of emotions, uh, it's it's really like you know being a machine. the The title of the book is very timely. I mean, it's mm. to be a machine. It's not to be a man in a mechanical body. It's to be a machine. It's to evolve towards the machine uh, configuration of you, and and that's shocking to some extent. I mean, it's a refusal of the human nature. And well, if you're religious, perhaps you have to drop here. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I found it really, really cool. Uh, quite recommended. Okay, uh, I not boring at all. It's not yeah. boring. It's not technical. I mean, yeah. it's very, very engaging and yeah, nice, well nice. written. I'll give it a read. Is it like new kind of? No, thing? it's five years, five years old, old. If I don't mistake, yeah. Uh, so they don't. They, that's why they machine. didn't include the NFT. Yeah? Sorry, they didn't include crypto in there. That's I'm afraid. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it was very low in 2017, so maybe they were <laughs> so lucky that they included it in some way. No, 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 no. I have to stop with this crypto jokes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, nice, nice. You would recommend, right? Yeah, it's a nice book. I haven't finished yet, so if it, if it. You know, if the quality drops after the first half, it's not my fault. It's mm. gonna be too late anyway. Ah, yeah. but it's ah, okay. It's like a by all hacker people thing, also, right? You know, by all hacker, there used to be like a movement. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I maybe didn't read about it, so okay. maybe it's in the second half. <laughs> yeah, like put the sensor in your skin, under your skin, something like that. Nice. Do you want to talk about Peloton? <laughs> A great segue from Metua. But no, we yes. don't want to do that. No, no, no. Pointless, pointless, pointless. Come on. Hey, it's, it's, Peloton makes you live longer because you, you work yeah. I mean, ba yeah, ba so it's, it's... Based, based on uh, pop culture, it's quite the opposite. You have five attacks after using Peloton. Yes, so so what do you want to talk about Peloton, Julia? Next. 
I don't know, so just repeat, repeating the news. Peloton changing the leadership last week. Uh, did you read the the report? Uh, let me pull it up. Report of whom? Yeah, it's it's a report that make him make uh, make him step down from CEO. Wait a second. Uh, but, yeah, because it was uh, the activist investor who, who, who had like two or five percent. Blackwell, from Blackwell okay. Capital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't read the report. I just listened to a it's, two and a half hour rough. report. It's rough. rough. So yeah, it's rough. So I can summarize for you quickly. So basically. Shoot. 2021 Peloton is down 76% from the top. Yeah. And they blame all of this on in, on management, poor management. They acquire uh, a company, I don't remember the name. If I can find it, I can say it. For like, uh, like a couple of hundred million. All um, cash. So, yeah, all cash view. And... Uh, where there's a there's a slide that the he quote uh, thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so at that time they say yeah John Foley believed Peloton is performing well because he downplay a lot on when doing the COVID. So he thought like okay COVID will accelerate this a lot which it does right. And once the COVID kind of like cool down a bit, he also thought that it's going to you know accelerate still. Yeah. So that's why he made a bad decision in terms of like, um, you know, supply chain and inventory thing. And, and the, um, the funny part is he, the, in the report, they extract a quote that he give an interview to Time magazine or something like that. Um, he's, yeah, like maybe this is like a quote out of context, but he basically said, I think I'm not a very good manager. I interview almost no, nobody. I sometimes goes months without talking to our CTO, which as a CEO of a technology company, that's kind of rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of thing. And they, they kind of like highlight that, okay, when this happened, when this happened, the stock just keeps going down. Yeah. So, um, but the thing is he owns, um, he owns the, I think 70% of voting shares. So no one can fire him. Not him only. I think he has forty, but together with the co-founder, they go well beyond the fifty percent because they have like a yeah. double share. Uh, yeah. I mean, double share structure and a la yeah. Facebook basically. Yeah. So now he's a what executive chairman something whatever. Basically yes yes yes. Yeah. So he stepped and down, but not really. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what? Yeah. So, as you said, like the company needs to be saved or needs to be carried safely to a new harbor. And, you know, like three weeks ago, there was, there were multiple companies saying, yeah, it would be interesting to be the new owner or to, to acquire Peloton. Anyway, um, yeah. so that's the status quo. Uh, the, uh, one fact, the current, C, the current CEO is, or used to be, uh, was, the, yeah. used to be the CFO of Netflix. And he brought public Netflix and used to be the CFO of Spotify. And he was the person who contributed to the mm. uh, direct uh, share of, I mean, whatever, Spotify going public as well. So status quo. Mm. Now the question that I would like to bring up to see like everyone's opinion over here is what do you think is going to be the future of Peloton? Oh. I think my hot takes. Um he will do some restructuring of the company, package it nicely, make a good earning a few quarters, and then sell it to 
big player like Amazon or I don't think Apple will buy it. Um, mm-hmm. Like what's what's the valuation now? Is it like ten billion or something? Something like that. It's likely less. Down from forty-five. Wow, ten. Yeah. So maybe he he did some restructuring and maybe he can sell for twenty-five or like at best like the high that they were. I don't know the company very well. I'm not mm-hmm. very well informed. I just read the news, but nothing more. And just to mention a potential future that is different from Punks, I would say that <laughs> they may have a sort of IBM evolution. So get rid of useless assets. You so mean like uh, exit consumer market and goes all in boring business? Yeah, because they have a brand. I mean... I just cannot imagine that their brand equity is just, you know, evaporated like hot. Have you ever talked to someone who used Peloton? Actually, Actually, no. Yeah, it's crazy. They it's we talk about fitness, right? Yeah. And people who use Peloton, they are like very, very loyal to Peloton. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I have the same impression, yeah. Have the same feeling about it, so they may, you know, exploit this kind of brand to do something. I'm not mentioning the same kind of things IBM does, of course, but the same kind of approach. So you get rid of this hardware-heavy business or whatever, and get it in. I don't know, maybe not the, another, you know, fitness app or mm. something like that, but uh, especially because they already have it. Uh, but I don't know, something maybe correlated to some extent. Uh, I don't know. I have no ideas about what they would do exactly, but maybe something that could be used to exploit the only thing that they actually still have, which is the, this brand, is customer loyalty. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? Your hot tech? I'm actually... I... Uh... So I'm actually I'm not bullish, but I'm pretty confident that the new CEO will manage to repackage it nicely. And in light of his experience, when it comes to all things subscription, I guess that he will manage to truly leverage the brand that they have built in the past ten years. Uh, figure out a way of uh, sell the sell the, the 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 items that they still have on stock and bring it maybe not back to 45 billion but bring it to a place of like like a healthy place in when it comes to like as you would perceive the co- a company which has good 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 growth opportunities and is profitable mm-hmm. and and so on so i'm I don't think they will be they will be sold in the next three to four years. I think they will still be by themselves, like independent company. Mm. Okay, so you would you would issue a buy rating? I would issue uh, no uh, buy rating. <laughs> My buy rating doesn't count as much. But, yeah, maybe, price maybe. target fifty. I don't have a price target. I don't even, frankly, I don't even know what, what it, where it lies right now. So. Guys, on Christmas uh, 2020, the stock price was 162. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it it's was like something like thirty point one. So I was like, oh fuck, I missed the train. You know. Um, I mean, if you want to invest, that's the time. It's just like the minimum. Yeah, this stock like there's like people on Twitter like yeah, this stock like trade like a shit coin. You know, <laughs> coming up twenty percent, down twenty percent. Well, if you invested in Dogecoin or something like that, you have to pour your money into into Peloton. They deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it has a underlying business and uh, like fundamentals a bit more solid than Dogecoin. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dogecoin or, or have Elon Musk, man. Yeah, that's, that, that's actually yeah, like the the yeah, wild he's card. Like the wild it card, like crazy. Like, yeah, but... I don't even know why he pushed Dogecoin, like. Yeah, but you know, Elon Musk not being involved in Peloton means that the stocks are not going to fluctuate like hell mm. just because of his tweets, mm. which is probably good or not, depending on how much you know Elon Musk and you're confident with him. <laughs> no. I have very low confidence. But speaking of Elon Musk, yeah, Federico, since you work in space, yeah, uh, area. What Since you, you work about? in space, <laughs> Federico tuning in from the ISS. Since you work yes, in space, I can area. see you with my cyborg eyes from the ISS. Uh, what do you think about uh, his company, SpaceX? Oh well, there's only one opinion possible. Yes, done. <laughs> what but... do you mean, only one opinion possible? Yeah, he has done great things. I mean, you okay. don't have to love him, but. Uh, you have to accept the fact that someone is successful and he, he, he was successful with, with SpaceX. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and especially, I think, you know, it's these kind of companies that um, are truly pioneers of also a new way of uh, conceiving a, an industry. So uh, before SpaceX, there's no, sorry, there was no way of thinking about space as something private, something commercial. We may argue whether that's positive not positive neutral i don't know mm. uh but if there's a new space economy uh well i think he has a big uh stake of the of the merits so yeah there's only one opinion possible i mean this is a company that has built an infrastructure uh, has mm. provided guidance in terms of you know uh, a path towards building this kind of space companies um, so that's why I think there's mm. only one opinion possible. Uh, mm. You may not love Elon Musk, but you have to recognize that his job in space was exceptional. Mm. Can Can I ask you like a few things about like space um, economy sure. thing? Um, like you don't have to get into de super detail, but like what what does it mean space economy? Like can you give me some example? Like in let's say in five to ten years, what can we see? What can we expect from this area? Well, um, at the moment, what you what you can see is that uh, the segments of the of, of the space economy that uh, is currently growing and is providing, I mean, uh, is providing new services, is providing value to to customers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, to users um, worldwide is the bunch of services that um, we can use, we people on Earth. So that's the, that's the very good thing. I mean, now we are using space for our own applications. You can mm -hmm. use satellites data for connectivity. Uh, you can use Earth observation to uh, prevent, I don't know, uh, a bridge to fall uh, just because mm -hmm. you can see the uh, 
millimeters moving uh, year after year. Uh, you can use it to monitor climate change. You can use it to monitor supply chains. You can use it uh, for a mm-hmm. wide variety of, of applications. Um, so at the moment, I would say the space economy is uh, the whole bunch of activities you do for boosting services on Earth. So for instance, okay. uh, an incredible area of uh, good opportunities is insurances, um, agriculture, uh, and we all know that, of course. That's and and, and uh, as investors, we invest in both infrastructure, so those who build and uh, operate uh, satellite constellations, launchers, ground stations, uh, propellants, and other subsystems. So the whole kind of stuff that goes into into orbit. Mm. Um, and we also, of course, invest in the opposite. So things that go back on Earth. So uh, mm. Earth observation company, uh, remote sensing companies. Uh, so there's nothing really new in terms of the structure of this uh, supply chain, with mm. one exception that you can find a lot of uh, private companies instead of, uh, I'm, I'm, well, not only private companies, but I would say especially startups operating mm-hmm. in this field. So not only, you know, uh, big incumbents and governments, uh, and that's the huge transformation of the industry. Um, and in terms of, techno- of technology that was made possible by several factors, the couple of factors that were uh, most impressive were the reduced cost of launch and uh, the reusability of launchers. Mm-hmm. And the second one is the so-called miniaturization of uh, the space components like satellites Mm -hmm. so now you have these cubesats that are uh, a cube um, of 10 centimeters per uh, um, sorry a cube of 10 centimeters per uh, (laughs) i don't get the word sorry Um, it's okay it's okay well you understand that yeah i got it Uh, and yeah that's again a true revolution in this field because you can launch how many uh, cubesats you want instead of having these huge payloads uh there are still many problems, like we don't have um, true launchers for CubeSats, so they usually rely on launchers made for bigger satellites, so they cannot really choose their own orbit. Um, but there's a second wave of space applications that is going to be quite revolutionary because they will serve the space market. So just think about the Italian company, the Orbit, that announced a uh, potential SPAC uh, in, in the next uh, weeks. Um, and they do in-orbit servicing. So uh, basically they provide maintenance for satellites in orbit, uh, refueling. Mm. Um, they can move satellites from one place to another and they can uh, provide a lot of services like that. And mm. in, the, in the future, they may be active in fields such as space manufacturing, uh, asteroid mining and that's another story because that's uh, space services that operate in space so it means that you're building a kind of an independent space economy if you think mm-hmm. that in the future we may have manufacturing of these kind of assets in space it may mean that mm-hmm. the space economy is maybe not fully but in parts uh, it's independent mm-hmm. from the original um, terrestrial economy. Independent mm-hmm. in the sense that it could have its, its own GDP. Yeah, exactly. And its own supply chains. Yeah. I have a question. Like, what's the 
I mean, all these space maintenance, you, you mentioned the orbit space maintenance company. It, yeah. it, imply, it implies that uh, there is a reason and there is the, an underlying economic value in uh, maintaining satellites instead of letting, letting them fall to Earth or whatever. What, what's the average? I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the life cycle it's, of a satellite? Like how long oh, it depends. to... There are so many variables that affect the lifetime of a of a of a small satellite, uh, just like the the orbit, uh, the fact that they have or not uh, a propulsion system. Because if they have a propulsion system, even a small one, they can prevent uh, the drag effect. So the effect that uh, makes satellites lose orbit and go uh well basically being destroyed by the uh, the, the the earth uh, atmosphere, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. um so it's not possible to say that's the the uh, lifetime cycle uh but what you mentioned is absolutely true so the basic assumption is that um you will have a couple of fundamental factors affecting the choice of having these kind of services in space the first one is uh the let's say economic factor so, uh, as you mentioned, uh, these services would be quite cheap uh, so that it would be uh, cheaper for a company to maintain those assets instead of launching new and new satellites. The second one is a factor that is both, um, let's say, a, a sustainability factor and at the same time a feasibility uh, factor, which is the space junk uh, problem. So, uh, yeah, you, you may leave your satellites with no maintenance, uh, waiting for them to be destroyed by Earth atmosphere. But uh, the problem is that uh, that would mean a lot of satellites, dead satellites, would be present in orbit. So it would be very crowded with these dead satellites. And so orbits would be uh, way more risky for existing satellites because they would, be, they would have uh, problems with the presence of other satellites in their in their orbit, so they may get damaged, um, and especially there will be several problems in terms of the functions of these satellites. So, uh, yeah, there's an economic and uh, a mixed factor that uh, would be that would make these kind of economic assumptions um, valuable in the future. Of course, uh, the alternative is that the space economy. <laughs> Uh, stops being interesting. Nobody sends satellites, so there's no need of having in-orbit services, of course. But that's another story. We we don't want mm. to even to think about that. Mm. Nice, nice. Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. You know, I'm making know. a joke about a crypto and NFT going to space. Or no, something no, 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 no. It's no, not no, a no. joke. It's <laughs> not a joke. I didn't have the pleasure to uh, see any of these companies, <laughs> just because um, I have a colleague that is more passionate than me. Let's say so about the crypto world. So we usually split ourselves, uh, also depending on um, on specific interests. So I didn't have the chance to meet any of these companies, but they. But, but sorry, but she she had the chance. So if you want to talk with her, <laughs> she can give you some more insights about that. Yeah, it can be a special guest for next episode. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, super interested in knowing uh, the where where crypto and space are meeting, like the boundaries between the two. 
But I'm I'm sure that more VC money goes into crypto more than space, I suppose. No. Oh maybe yeah. Not. No, but like space, the uh, like Virgin Galactic, are oh, they they went SPAC. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, talking about SPACs, um, well, you know, VCs don't usually love SPACs a lot, uh, depending on the specific situation. I mean, I thought it'd make m- more money for them, no? Yeah, but well, um, it distorts a lot the you know the typical process. So the fact is that you. Usually, you have SPACs, uh, at least now, you have SPACs even before revenues. I'm not talking about, you know, the old jingle, you go public with no profits. No, it's a matter of, you know, going public with no revenues, which is quite different. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a game changer to some extent. So, um, it transforms totally the, the way, you know, the typical financial cycle. And so you have to expect these companies going public sooner. So you have to mm. reimagine uh, your return on investment because you will have an exit typically before you what you would have expected. So to some extent, if you invest in very risky ventures, uh, to some extent, it may be a relief because you have uh, an exit route, an alternative exit route. But at the same time, uh, again, it's a huge transformation in the process and it's not always valuable for VCs. But startups are not something made for the value provided to VCs. So I I Mm. hope that they're made for something else, like the value provided for human beings in general. Um, So that's not a problem. We can can cope with that. I mean, Mm. yeah. no, but 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 I meant talk, yeah, talking about SPACs, uh, they are a good phenomenon for space, I think, at the moment, um, because if these companies are successful, they, uh, you know, you you create a track record of public companies in space, which is not banal in a new market. Mm. Um, at the same time, you know, relying on SPACs to build the future of. Uh, public equities for space, it's probably not the, the best thing to do due to several factors like the random nature of SPACs. And, you know, but, well, okay. it's a positive right. news if an Italian company yeah. like the Orbit does an operation like that. Uh, it's a very positive news and, again, not banal at all. Matteo, you own a lot of SPAC company, no? if I remember correctly. I have my own uh, Chamath index. Yes, I do have <laughs> And I guess it's horrible. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want a live update? I can give you a live update. <laughs> Wait a second. Which one you have? You have everything? You have Clover? You have all of those? Or? Yeah, give context. So to to provide some context, yeah. uh, Chamath, through Social Capital Edo Sofia, went, went uh, basically created six different um, uh, Spark vehicles. And some of them they already despacked, so they already like kind of completed the reverse merge. And two of them I think are left. And I, have, uh, I wanted to invest. I wanted it's an index on it's a Chamath index. So I didn't really have any Chamath index. Is, is there such such thing that you no, can that, buy that everything? Is, no, that, no, that's that's me who bought everything. Ah. For... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me some example of Spark that you bought? Uh, let me open my... That's really well, the next level of being a sponsor, you know, of 
Oh man, and and you just like you don't check the company or something. No, of course. I like Shamat. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, I mean. Um... To keep it short, uh, I check the companies, but obviously, when the when the when the vehicle is not is not found found the target yet, you cannot really like the company, right? You can just hope that mm. it's so more you like it before the dispatch. Yeah, yeah, I still it's still oh, the okay. case for some of them. Uh, <clears throat> so one is Clover. Clover Health Investment Company. The other one is obviously Virgin Galactic. Galactic, Galactic the Open Door. Yeah. Uh, Sophie, and then there are two left. So open IP, door. Open door. Yeah, it's kind of uh, Zillow. It's kind of Zillow, more or less. Uh, okay. But it's not uh, um... with the with the algorithm which should be working better than Zillow. Oh my god! So I just look at the price history. Uh, real estate. It's a real estate company which is basically purchasing uh, purchasing real estate assets and reselling them, mostly like. To retail invest, uh, retail. I mean, we're talking about houses, and mm. then uh, IPOD and IPOF, who are still uh, without a target. How, mm. how did we end up here? Uh, well, we were talking uh, about. Spacks. I don't know. Yeah, and talking about sparks in space, and we've been talking about space for a while, and I don't remember anything yeah. about what we did before. Yeah, but uh, mm. one one thing I wanted to say about uh, the orbit. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it's, it crosses a lot of interesting checkboxes. So to, first of all, as you said, like, okay, uh, startup, which is this packing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the NASDAQ, right? Yeah. Then uh, it's not any startup, it's actually a space tech startup. And it's pretty interesting. And it's a space tech startup, this packing coming from Italy. So this is kind of yeah. crazy shit, I think. It's mm. well, it's true. Uh, it's not the only positive feature. Um, they have revenues. You may say, well, that's no, that's incredibly good thing because they work in a very you know future oriented business, and which means that they have a true corporate structure. So it's not a you know a, an entrepreneurial project. Uh, trying to find capital uh, that's something more um, the team is very very good the two founders are excellent founders and when you you know uh, it, it's something very nice to see that they also have uh, an ecosystem view of the space economy they talk with a lot of startups in a uh, earlier stage so it's not only a matter of what they achieved but also the way they behave with the rest of the ecosystem. It's not banal, again. Uh, not everybody does something like that. So they have a view about the future of space, uh, which is, for instance, something that I see missing in the uh, electric vehicle companies that had their sparks between 2020 and 2021, uh, which, at least to me, it seems that they only operate in their own field uh, without the ecosystem view that maybe the electric vehicle market would need at some level. So um, they're doing an excellent job. And there's a lot of technology in this company, which is, again, a positive feature. Uh, if there's a positive fact, fact about SPACs is that when they finance uh, technologies that can change an industry, that can change 
well, they can just you know provide value. That's a positive feel. Now, sorry, a positive feature, and uh, we like that. But then the retail investor is the one who's holding the, the back shit in the end. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's always true. You're right. Uh, that's a problem of SPACs, by the way. Um, yeah. SPAC structures and. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it depends also on how the SPAC is structured. So it's it's not mandatory for the for the institutional investor to yeah <laughs> to do what they usually do. So yeah. I mean, we may s- still change things if SPACs become uh, some more kind of institutionalized yeah. in the future. I'm just checking the uh, Virgin Galactic holdings. Um, yeah. Mathieu, what at what price you went in? Pung, uh, I can tell you it's in deep red. There is no point in uh, <laughs> discussing about it. And it's not right even the worst nine, one. It's nine bucks a share and the, and it's still trading at, guess what, 600 times revenue. Yeah, well, you just need to wait when uh, all those uh, people who have paid $200,000 for uh, being frozen uh, right after that, they will start paying $200,000 to go to space. 600 yeah. times yeah. but um, yeah. what was the point here uh, <laughs> I know point, I, yeah, I mean no, no 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 obviously I just I, want to I avoid talking important. about Chamat <laughs> let's let's yeah absolutely let's move on I was wondering uh, Pung you mentioned the you mentioned that uh, I mean due to the SPAC eventually considering that there are riskier assets that they are bringing to the public market, riskier assets who are pre-revenue in certain situation. Um, you may, you said that the retail investor will be the person holding the bag and uh, yeah. going at the loss uh, at the loss. Um, there are a lot of people who believe in the idea that eventually retail investors should have the opportunity to be in a way to have access to early stage investments like startup and so on without being a verified investor. Uh, what do you what do you think of it? You said institutional investors. No, said, I said right? re, no, I said retail investors. Retail. Like th- okay. there are there are there, there is a, a okay, school so, of sorry, thought yeah, which yeah. which is uh, advocating for enabling the retail investors yeah, yeah. to get access to early stage investments. So price back pre 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 everything everything. And mm. um, what's 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 your opinion on that? You're like asking me or are you asking Federico? Uh, both of you. <laughs> I have um, your opinion, but you, you go Pung. Uh, I think in general, like People, I mean, yeah, I know what I know what SEC trying to do, right? They're trying to protect people from themselves, so to say. Like, they don't want people to put their hard-earned money into a risky asset that promise that it will give you more money in two years or whatever. Uh, but I think in the end, if it's your money, you should be able to do whatever you want with it, like easily, right? And I think the job of SEC should be more about like, okay preventing fraud you know did, did the company like lie to people about certain things or not like 
like Theranos, for example, right? Um, but I, I totally understand, like, from the point of view that they don't want people to invest in early stage startup because it's very risky. Um, um, but in a way, like anyone can invest in crypto now, which is like hundred percent. Okay, maybe it's not as risky as um, startup, but it's still a risky asset. Well, my my take here is that uh, it's very risky, of course. Uh, the main problem is that you don't have a first and exp- uh, well the chance to meet in person the company as you would have. Sorry, not me. To know in, to mm. know directly the company as you would have with a Public different company. kind of company or with a different kind of asset class. So that's the main problem. I mean, when I when I evaluate a startup, I have a business plan which says that in five years, a company that now has no revenues will have fifty million, for instance, of, of revenues with a cost structure that is based on assumptions that are going to change in the future. And I know that, but that's that's our job, you know. We are institutional investors pouring money into this kind of asset class and only this kind of asset class. Um, so that's a big problem for retail investors, uh, at least for a form of you know active investments. Um, the main problem with the opposite direction, so not allowing them to uh, to invest in this kind of asset classes, is that they are asset classes. So. Guys, nowadays, uh, you know, returns are not so easy to find in the world of finance. Uh, now, we don't know what is going to happen with bonds in the, in the near future. But until now, investing in bonds for guys like us was bullshit. Point- Can we say that? Pointless. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no reason to invest in bonds. So you had to be very, very exposed to the risk of stocks which is probably something we are ready to do because we we know stocks we are quite prepared in investing in stocks uh, in any form so passive active um the problem is how can you go to a retail investor and say no you cannot invest in this asset class if this asset class is considered the future or at least a big part of the future of the opportunity to have returns in um, in your financial portfolio. So uh, that's a big problem. We, we live in a world in which, you know, having a lot of money means not knowing where to pour money. And that's, that may be a problem. Um, so maybe we have to find ways. And uh, some other people even working in my field uh, suggested some forms of passive investing for startups. Uh, some forms that may, you know, protect to some extent the retail investor without uh, making it impossible for him to or her to to invest in in startups. I know it's it's not an answer because I said everything, but um, <laughs> I mean the answer is not so easy as it seems. So, uh, there are so many challenges here. And again, you cannot prevent the main problem, which is you you just don't know the asset class as you would know stocks by, you know, uh, Google stocks. Uh, But you have to solve it in some ways. We just cannot tell people, well, uh, I let Tiger Global do whatever they want with startups, but you cannot invest in startups. It wouldn't be fair at a certain point. 
So it's not anymore the, the you know, obscure asset class it was years ago. It was during even the dot-com bubble. Mm-hmm. It's something different now. We are, we are uh, explicitly saying that the startup is the model of innovation in our economy, in our capitalistic economy. Uh, we accepted this kind of uh, approach of problem solution, which is not loved by anyone. Um, so you are basically telling people, well, yeah, the capitalist state created this kind of approach to solving humanity's problem, which is uh, the startup. And you cannot invest as a retail investor. Or, well, you have ways of investing, but it, I mean, it's not the standard way of investing. So we have to find a solution to that problem, I think. It's not easy, but I think it's a big challenge for the future of even my industry. Mm. But yeah, Federico, if you don't have anywhere to pour money, if you have too much money, you have to build tall buildings. That's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you have to be ready to pour a lot of money into buying stocks before they uh, skyrocket yeah. so that you yeah. can profit from Exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, but that would, that, yeah, I mean, that could be a very good uh, business model for the future. We can try to something here and i think that with the last this last message building tall buildings to get rid of your surplus money we can uh, close today today's episode <laughs> yeah uh, if you yes. if you if you have better departing words uh go now yeah but i just wanted to to say one thing go ahead i was dreaming about that and i've been dreaming about that for the entire episode mathieu were you satisfied with today's with today's episode? <laughs> that was the typical question we asked at the end of our podcast. What, what do we learn from this episode? Yeah, exactly. What, what did you learn? Of so course. I've been asked I've been asked that question for so many times that I just wanted to <laughs> take revenge. So. Again, let me do it better, Mathieu. Were you satisfied with today's guest, Mathieu? Uh, you know that I don't remember the answer, but of course, it was a fantastic yeah. opportunity to learn about <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to listen to them again. Damn yeah. it. How building caused the depression, guys. That's, that's the learning. For the people living in the surrounding, because they're entirely in the shade for uh, 24 hours. <laughs> no, but... Um, Fantastic episode, very uh, I think the longest one ever, and wow. uh, was uh, was nice to have you, Federico, for the chat. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's quite institutional as a way to say hello, but well, <laughs> <laughs> let me be institutional at, at least at the end. So, yeah. audience bots listening to us. Till next time. Till next time. See you.